Welcome to the Me Being Me podcast. Here's your host, Parker Winder. Da, 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 da. Hey, what's going on? Today I'm going to talk about the parasite in the mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Me Being Me. <laughs> so here's how I came up with this thought. I, I don't even know if I came up with it. I probably stole it from like four people, put it all together, mixed it up added some of my own sauce to it, and voila. But listen to this, okay? And really, that's what we're all doing all the time anyway, isn't it? I mean, we're all just, there's no original ideas necessarily. It's all just kind of, I mean, because if you look at it, a human being is born, and their brain is just like taking in everything. And so everybody has a unique perspective, but it's all been influenced by whatever it's been influenced by. It's past, it's history, and so as a species, we're all just kind of evolving, and then as individuals, we're all um, we're all totally unique. But as a species, we're just like this one big, massive collection of everybody else's data, basically everybody else's info. So you know, I don't know if this is my original thought, but this is what I'm thinking. Okay, get this: there's a parasite. In the in in our in all of our brains, in our our brain makes it sound like it's in our physical brain. It's not so much in our physical brain, but it's in our mind. The parasite of survival that's that is allowed to live, and that really the machinery, the hardware of our egoic minds, our egoic survival brains, creates an environment for. Uh, that, that allows for this parasite to live, and the parasite is the parasite of scarcity. And if you take the, if you, you've heard me say it, take a list, take a sheet of paper and list down the left side and the right side. Draw a line down the middle. You got the left column and the right column. The left column is all those words like scarcity, survival, ego, being right, justifying yourself. Ordinary, the world of ordinary. On the right side, you got the world of extraordinary. So you've got abundance. You've got integrity, being your word. You've got, you know, clarity and creativity. You've got telling the truth. You've got all these kinds of things. Basically, the opposite of all those other ones. Well, this this parasite is. It grows and it's a, it's allowed to thrive in the world of survival in the in the egoic survival mind survival brain and it what it wants to do is hide it always wants to hide it always wants to stay secret it always wants to hold back and when it, when we allow it to happen which I've been allowing it to happen in many ways. Uh, in my life, and that is when we allow it to happen, it, it starts to show up like this. Like it, this is happening on conscious levels and and unconscious levels, and the bridge between the conscious level and the unconscious level, where it's just like barely on the edge of our consciousness, that's like sometimes these emotions that we feel, these this anxiety, and that's what I was going to talk to you about. I've had this anxiety, like this this gnawing. I don't know what the, what you would call it. Maybe like a knock, you know, like a knock. You know, if you're you're driving your car and it's like 
doesn't quite sound right and there's this knock and you can't quite put your finger on what exactly it is or where it's coming from but it's just a knock right that's that's what i've been noticing more and more over the last week or two and it's if i really look back at it it's pretty much always been there and always there it always comes back even if it goes away for a short time the tendency is that it's always just going to come back, just like a rubber band. If you can stretch the thing out, but its tendency is to always go back. Well, it's kind of like that. There's this anxiety, this knock, this this anxiousness, this stress that's just always in the background, right on the edge of my consciousness. And it is shaping the ideas and the thoughts that I have. And if I don't intentionally put, like, into my day, time and time to create moments where I just can get away from it all and just, I don't know, meditate or sit there in silence. Um, I've heard a lot about these float tanks, interestingly enough. I've never actually done it, but when I did the perfect average day exercise, the float tank showed up inside there. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've never even done I've never even done the float tank, but when I do the perfect average day exercise, the float tank shows up in there. Interesting, right? Something inside of that tells me, something inside of me knows that that that's a uh, that that's an important thing. Why? Because it allows space to just get away from every sensation in the world and just tune into my own body my own internal every even right now as i walk around the block recording this podcast for you i'm distracted by things i got you know i'm walking i got my heart rate up a little bit i'm looking around to see who's watching me who's listening just kind of taking a you know taking a uh what's the word (laughs) taking a um i don't know whatever the word is taking note of who's around me and what's around me. So I'm constantly just a little bit distracted. And we are in our everyday life all the time, at least a little bit with anything, unless we go and lock ourselves in a room, in a closet, in a float tank, probably even better, but not much, maybe just a little better. Um, Of course, I don't know because I've never done it, but put ourselves in a situation where we're deprived from all distractions and not doing anything at all not even thinking anything which is very hard to do right if you just start thinking about your breathing you're going to get pulled off start thinking about your breathing you're like and it's like oh wait what what do i gotta do next week i gotta hurry up and get that right oh i have to call that person oh i didn't and it just starts going and it won't stop and when i slow down long enough to really see well where is that coming from Why, why can't i get it to stop that's when I realize it's not me. The thinking is not me. If the thinking was me, then I could stop thinking. But it is thinking. And it has a lot of thoughts about me. <laughs> but it's not me. So this parasite of scarcity is just a survival thing, a survival mechanism that's happening in the brain. And because of you know, how we've evolved through time and where we're at at this point in time, uh, it doesn't show up like, I got to run from the saber-toothed tiger. It shows up like, I've got to be right. 
I got to avoid being wrong. I got to look good. I got to avoid looking bad. I got to justify myself and my myself, and I got to invalidate others. I've got to do this. I got to do that. And and so, like, I'm sure that stuff didn't show up. Like, when you go millions of years ago in the caveman days, I don't know, maybe thousands of years. I don't even know. Who cares? Um, we'll go in the middle. We'll say hundreds of thousands of years ago, maybe. But in the caveman days, they weren't thinking, oh, I have to be right. They were literally thinking, I got to survive today. I got, we got to get, we got to get food. We got to hunt the thing. You know what I mean? We got to avoid this. We got to avoid that. We got to build a, a hut. I don't know. I don't think they were, but then as time went on and then I'm sure humans, they started to know that they started to realize and learn that they survive better in packs of people. And now, now we take into account when you, when you bring into account the world of sexuality and actually reproducing and passing on your genes, now you're like, okay, you know, in this tribe of 50 people, there's not very, I can't have very many mistakes happen. You know, I can't ruin it and wreck it very many times because if I do, I'm not going to have a mate. You figure in a pack of 50 people, half of them are men. So there's half gone right there. So you only have 25 out of those 25 that you've got, like how many of them are too old? How many of two are too young? How many of them are ugly? How many of them are sickly? There's only a few girls that would be a suitable mate for a man in a tribe like that, right? And so that started to probably, I'm just guessing here, I don't know, but I'm just guessing that probably started to to create this 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 way in which our brains evolved where it's like, I got to look good. I got to avoid looking bad. If I have something I don't want people to know, I got to keep it a secret. I got to hide it. Now, here's the parasite. When, when I do that, which I am always doing to some degree, maybe we all are. I'm always doing it to some level. Um, when we do that, it basically cuts off like creativity, our, the godliness in us, the, the creative... Um, the creative evolved part of us that is able to, I don't know, create, I guess you could say, like authenticity creates, right? And in authenticity and integrity. Well, if we say we're going to do something and then we don't do it because of some feeling that we get confused about and we like, oh, I, I said I was going to do that. But then if I do, it's going to be uncomfortable because of this reason and that reason. We, we listen to that lizard brain. Then now all of a sudden we want to hide because we didn't do it. So now we don't want to face the person because it's scary and it makes us makes our ego feel uncomfortable and bad. And if we fall into that trap, then what happens is it just grows. So now the momentum of that lizard brain and the confusion of who we are, the misidentification with who we are just grows. And then what? It's even less likely that we're going to do it in the future. And less like now, now we don't want to talk to them even more. So now we hide even more. Now we start icing their calls, right? Then, then we want to hide even more and we start avoiding them, actually avoiding them. I've been out with my family and seen a client and I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to face them. I don't want to see them. I, I just, here, just go this way. Like I avoid, I've avoided them for fear of what they would think of me. Whereas, and that always hurts me. It always hurts. It never, ever has helped. Not one time. And recently, I noticed something like that starting to happen. So what did I do immediately? I just recorded myself. I 
and I just sent the recording to the person. And I just went beeline right at the thing that was scaring me. Right, opened right up the conversation and went right for it. Man, I felt so great. Man, I do that to a degree every time I do this uh, podcast. Oh, man, what are they going to think of me? What if they found out that I don't think I'm the best coach? What if they found out that even though I try to posture myself as a sales coach, I don't feel like I'm good at sales many times? What if they found out? What if they found out what I'm actually up to? Like, what if they found out that I'm like overwhelmed and I blame it on my babies more than I should? I blame it on the fact that I got these five little kids and I think, oh, that's a credible excuse to not do what you say you're going to do. That's a credible excuse to not get up and do the morning exercises when you know to do them, when you've said you do them, when you've taught other people to do them, and now you don't get up and do them because you're going to lay there lazy and use some justification like, oh, I was up late with kids and I got to get up early with kids, so I'm not going to do it. That's what I do. I'll use... The kid, like, like it, and it's total BS because there's not an excuse. Like, it's not. You can do what you're committed to do. I can do what I'm committed to do. Period. It's not that I can do. I do do what I'm committed to do. And I'm embarrassed by the times when I say I'm committed to something and I found out I'm actually not committed to it because I didn't actually honor my word. I didn't keep my word, rather. And I honored instead my feelings, my thoughts, which are constantly trying to pull me back and stay comfortable. And the only way to break that band is to call BS on the universe by saying the thing you can't say. Let go of the secret that you just don't want to say. The thing that you're thinking, if someone found out, or if I said that, what would they think of me? I couldn't, I just couldn't live with that. I would die if anyone found that out. Man, when we say that thing, we have nothing to hide anymore. It's like, totally calling the bluff on the ego like hey you're not me you're not real you're made up it's a it's an illusion for survival and it's like pouring water on a fire there's this fire and it's starting to burn and it's starting to get this this momentum and it's starting to burn, and all of a sudden you just come and just pour a bucket of water on it before it's able to really grow and the bucket of water is shining light on it basically revealing it hiding revealing the secret that you're hiding saying the thing you can't say i've said this before i see i've got a an idea this me being me podcast as i go back and listen to it it all i'll be honest it's been inspiring me i'll go back and listen to it and put myself in a mind state where i don't even know who the guy is who's talking even though it's me i'll pretend like i don't even know him and i'll listen to it as if I was listening to a podcast. I'll be working out and I'll just listen to it. Like, how could I apply whatever this message is to my life? How can I live what I'm teaching so that I can bring more integrity to my own message? Because Lord knows it's missing integrity. It definitely is. I'm so full of shit sometimes. And I want to be less full of shit. (laughs) And so I'll listen to it. Like, how could I live this more? you know, with more integrity, and I'll, and I've been listening to it, and this idea that it keeps talking about is like being paid to be you, I didn't come up with that idea, that was something that I stole from Steve Hardison, I heard him say it one time in a conversation with me in his living room, and I'm like, something in that just hit me, and maybe it was the context we were in, maybe it was the setting, maybe it's his masterful way of doing things, but 
something and when he said that it grabbed me inside and it just spoke right to me being paid to be you holy crap if i could actually put that together and actually put it together in an offer put it together in a way and systematically create a business from that idea and help people do it. if i could do it myself and then help others do it that would be like oh, so fun right what's better than being paid to be you helping other people be paid to be them and have them pay you to be you to teach them how to be paid to be them, right? Isn't that... (laughs) And so then this whole idea, this whole podcast was born and and, um, as I listened to the podcast, okay, be paid to me, how can I be more me and be paid to do it? How can I create more value by being just more me? And as as I came up with the idea, it's this idea of teaching people how to bring out the real version of them through tapping into the creative part of their mind that that comes from playing the piano. I'm a pianist. And as I have this idea and I start talking to friends about it and playing around with it, um, it brings up so much fear. And the fear shows up like procrastination and confusion and complexity for me. So if I'm procrastinating something and making it confusing and complex, my mind starts racing about it, I can't think about anything else, but I'm also not taking the action on it that I know I could, then the anxiety starts to build up and it's this parasite, just like there's this environment in my brain that just allows this parasite to just thrive and grow. And that's what's happening. And so I'm calling BS on it today calling it out today i'm just going to say it i am scared to death to really launch to really start just um rolling out this uh like this this brand like just like introducing it talking about it and actually finding people to help and actually helping them i'm not really actually scared of helping the people it's it's always the fear isn't ever on when it's coming to focus on helping people the fear is always around what are people going to think of me and my brand is this thing going to fail is it going to not do as good as i think it's going to do just like the last time i had an idea what's wrong with me why can't i just have my ideas just just work and work consistently and blah 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 and it just keeps going down that rabbit hole of thought but i'm calling bs on it I'm going to see what happens now that I've voiced this to you. It'll be interesting to see what happens because what I want to do, like with every single ounce of my life for the, for the rest of my life, is is have a brand in which is, is basically be me in a way and find a way to to package who I am, like, just being me where it takes very little effort on my part because it's just who I am and package it in a way that adds value to people and allows them to buy it. So it's like the business of breakthrough, which you don't have breakthrough without the business side of it. And you don't have a business side if you don't have the actual breakthrough side of it. So they're both vitally important. Package it up in a way that allows me to live this fun dream life so that I can create the most value for others by prioritizing my own happiness (laughs) isn't that crazy it sounds selfish i always thought that was selfish what if it's not what if is that what if that's the most selfless thing ever what if that's the way you can add the most value to others is to simply prioritize and give people the gift of your own happiness 
So I want to package it in a way and sell it in a way that allows me to live this life of freedom and abundance that I envision. That's down in Southern California, surfing every day, living in an awesome house that has a, enough room and space to have a recording studio in it and have clients, friends, and partners over to the house to create awesome stuff, awesome music, awesome businesses and ideas, and just have it be this, uh, this respite of peace, this uh, environment that people can come to and, and create because of what we've created in the actual home and in the yard, have parties. Yeah, I just want to so have a business that allows me to build that. So that's going to basically be millions of dollars. But also have it be something that adds so much value to people that it becomes a freaking movement in its own right and people just get behind it. They start connecting us with other people. They, they connect with each other. And we allow people to, to really tap into who they are and use music to do it. So teach them how to actually sit down and be able to play the piano by ear and then have that that ability as it grows to unlock and unleash confidence, certainty, clarity and abundance into every other area of their life so that learning how to play the piano becomes for them more than just a therapeutic hobby but it actually becomes the vehicle that launches them to the next level in their body, in their spirituality, in their relationship with their spouse, in their relationship with their kids, and in their business, and in their whole life's purpose, their whole movement that they're creating, their whole um, whatever their life purpose is. Because I refuse to believe that someone's life purpose is to go to a job, nine to five, that they don't love, and just survive and make enough money to pay the bills and then do it all again tomorrow and do it all again next month and then do it all again next year. And all of a sudden, five years has gone by and then 10 years has gone by. And then all of a sudden, they're like 65 years old, 70. And they're like, dude, I only, I'm on the downward spiral now. I've only got... I've only got 5, 10, 15 years left and all my creative years are gone. And, I, and then they just live the rest of their life just as depressed or more depressed as they had the whole, the whole previous year. And then their life's over and it's gone. No, that just sounds like, that sounds like hell to me. So something tells me that where the fear is, is probably where my genius is and where I need to go. And I invite you along the, along on the journey with me. If you're a friend of mine listening to this, then shoot me a text. If you don't know me from anybody, then friend me on Facebook. Find a way to connect up with me. I want you to come help us. I want to include you in this. We would love to include you in this if this message is speaking to you. Hey, if it's not, then of course, then... I don't know why you're listening this long. <laughs> so the fact that you actually listened this long means, yeah, it's, then just reach out to me. Send me a text message right now so you don't forget. and Just say, hey, what's up? I heard the podcast. It's cool. Here's what I thought about it. Here's what I, here's the idea that I had. Do you have any interest in collaborating with this idea? Here's what I'm up to. Send me a text message to say, hey, here's what I want to create. Here's what I'm up to. I heard your dream life, your dream idea, your dream business. That's cool. This is what mine is. 
and send me yours. Send it in a text message. Send it in Marco Polo. Send it in a Facebook message. Find it on, find the Me Being Me podcast on Instagram. Send me a message on Instagram and tell me what is your big idea that you want to use the rest of your life for, but that you're scared and the fear shows up like procrastination, confusion, complexity, hesitation. Where, where is that for you? Just send it over. I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm not going to say, okay, well, you got to do it right now. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to it. I'm just, I just want to hear it. Hey, if there's something that collaborates between the two, maybe we work together on something. Who knows? But uh, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>